Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to Episode 70 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. And you can follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes. 365 and you can follow Andrew McQuiston my co-host at AMCQ82. You can also join our Facebook group where we are talking baseball all the time. I will say right now as we're in the middle of a in between on a season, hasn't been quite as active as of late, but as baseball is going sounds like it's going to be coming back soon, we I'm sure it'll be popping here real soon. So if you are not part of the group yet, you should go join it out and check it out. And let me introduce Andrew now. Andrew, I've got my question for you, and that is Memorial Weekend is here. And while there won't be many barbecues going on right now, this is barbecue season. So let's say you're at a barbecue with friends, and they're serving burgers and hot dogs, and they've got plenty of each. What are you grabbing? I'm grabbing a burger. No dog? Uh, maybe one of each, but if it's only one or the other, it's a burger for oh, sure for me. Now it, it, it's a one of each is okay. If that's your answer. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, I, I'm just typically more of a burger guy. If I had to pick if they're both there, you know? Yeah. I'm with you. I prefer a burger over a dog every single time, but I usually yeah. get one of each. So, yeah. So uh, question number two that I didn't even put in here, but what goes on your hot dog? I mean, I'm not too picky. I don't like, I'm, I'm really not a picky eater at all. I like pretty much anything, but I can't stand mustard. So pretty much anything but mustard. Oh, I okay. forgot you told me that at one point. Yeah. There are a lot of people that think that it's sacrilege if you have, if you do not have mustard on a dog. Like a lot of people's perfect dog is just mustard. And Ugh. yeah, it's, I like, yeah, mustard. They, can, they can have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm definitely out there. My perfect hot dogs got barbecue sauce and mustard on it. And I never hear anybody else say that, but that's my perfect dog. Yeah, that's different. I, I, like I said, I can eat pretty much anything, but, um, yeah, not, not the mustard. So anything but mustard. <laughs> yeah. Mustard and blue cheese, but you know, oh, I'm with you on blue cheese. You don't put blue cheese on a hot dog, so. One of the worst things is if you go into a restaurant, and like I, I love, I order buffalo chicken sandwiches or things like that often, and if I overlook the fact that it's got blue cheese on it instead of ranch dressing, I'm just grossed out once I take that <laughs> bite. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm with you. So on tonight's episode, we're going to go over a top 100 dynasty ranks that I have created Andrew's going to take the hat as the host of this show, and he's going to grill me with questions. I've been working on this for the last couple months, and really, I think we've talked about, how long have we been talking about doing this? Since episode one, Andrew? Maybe even before yeah. then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I want to say I want to say we were actually talking about it as the season was winding down. Like, maybe oh my a little, gosh. Maybe a little after, but it wasn't much after. I, I think that... We were bringing it up. It might have been like November, but it wasn't. It was around there, yeah. So the moral, the moral of the story is then we deliver eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might take a while, but we deliver. <laughs> okay. Well, um, 
I've got I've got to provide the answers to your questions. And Andrew, we've done this a few times, but it always feels weird taking your role and you taking mine. But that's what we're <laughs> going to do tonight. Yeah, yeah, we'll adjust. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll just kind of kick it off here. Basically, Justin did his top 100 dynasty ranks. So, and I want to first thing I want to say is I think it's a really good list. I thought you did a really good job. Um, oh, obviously, you. obviously, there's things that. I'm going to disagree with, but you're, you're always going to look at someone else's list and disagree with something that's a guarantee no matter who it is. So I thought you did a really good job. Uh, first thing, just kind of explain to the listeners the type of league you did it for, like maybe league size or rules, categories, roto head to head, you know, just all that type of stuff, like what you kind of had in mind uh, when you were creating this uh, top 100 dynasty. Uh, 15-team Dynasty League is what I mostly play in these days, and that's how I made this, is going off of that with 30 Major League Baseball slots, 23 starter, 7 bench, 2 catchers, uh, 20 minor league slots, and I'm glad you asked, batting average over on base percentage. I would have forgotten to say that part. And standard rotisserie league, not head-to-head or points. So that's basically the gist of it. And Okay. Go ahead. What's your next one? Yeah, no, I just I just wanted to kind of clarify. I knew most of that, but just wanted to make sure that everybody else did. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of your philosophy in building a dynasty roster and how it uh, how it kind of went into these rankings into the top hundred. Well, I'm a guy that is likely going to go young. I think. Trudeau was the guy that was one of the pioneers with this strategy a few years ago. He came out with his article about drafting young, get assets you feel confident will continue to grow in value as compared to drafting players who value whose values are at risk of moving down. Now, it doesn't mean if everybody's swinging that way, I may not I I'm more than willing to go the other route if I saw some if I felt like the veterans are getting left out there too long. But typically, my strategy and my rankings when I do it are going to be strongly in favor of a lot of the youngsters, prospects, stuff like that. There, you know, I know players out there who do not believe in taking prospects in the top hundred at all. And yeah, I'm not going to be that way. I think I'm not as extreme as I think a Trudeau is, but I still think I'm more lean towards going with the youngsters. Yeah, yeah, I. I've kind of always thought, and I'm that way too. I, I've kind of thought though, like what would happen if you put me in a room with 14 people that were trying to do the same thing? Uh-huh. Like that's where it starts to get a little, uh, a little tough for sure. You definitely would have, kind of have to pivot. I feel like, but uh, is, is the list kind of just then, you know, best player available all the way down. Is it the exact way you draft would draft or, you know, close, obviously there's constant tinkering. We and Justin have talked about this. Like you look at when you have rankings and you're you're messing with them, it's just you could mess with them forever. Eventually, you just have to send it. But is it kind of like if you were in that team spot, that's who you would take in that you know just all the way down, just best player available? That's what I'd like to say, and that's what I'll also mention is this is more rankings if you're in a startup dynasty. How I would view them in rankings. Because if you are a team that's contending, you may not. I I may not follow these type of rankings for a trade. I may if I'm need a pitcher that gets me over the hump. 
and maybe a veteran pitcher, I've got 40 slots lower than some superstar prospect. I may not immediately do that trade. I may look and see if I can find something in another trade, but I may eventually come back and do it just because I feel like that trade at that time, it's the time to push and I'm okay making a move like that. But mostly it's a, this is how, if I was startup dynasty, this is probably pretty close to how I'd be drafting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good stuff. Cause there's always going to be a situation or there can be, I shouldn't say there always is, but there can be situations come up where you kind of have to go off of aside from the rankings a little bit. If there's, you know, you're trying to win or something like that, if you're close to winning. So good points there. Um, how much, how much fluctuation was there? Did you feel like you were moving guys up and down a lot? I mean, how, how difficult was the whole process? <laughs> Very, you know, yeah. That's something, like you said, almost daily you can tinker with something like this. It is a tough process. You're always second-guessing and tinkering and, until you submit it, like you said. My process, I act to start it up, you know, there, there are a couple of ways people do this. You can just start with an empty sheet and just start putting names in as you're looking at rosters. I took somebody else's dynasty list just so I could at least see big old groups of people so I wouldn't make sure I just didn't miss somebody purposefully i mean there's guys who i put way higher and lower but it gave me something to at least start with and i started just taking players off of his list marking it off and i just kept going down and that was the process for how i was doing it and then yeah periodically you're just looking at the excel spreadsheet you gave me the advice as you've done this once or twice more than me but you said make your list turn it off shut shut it off come back in a couple days later and that was real good for me as I did that a few times over the course of the last few months as I've done this. And the funny thing about that is there's always something you can change when you do that. That is the truth. <laughs> yeah, it really is. All right, yeah, we can uh, we can kind of get into it here. As we go as we go down, feel free to kind of let me know or let the listeners know where the lines or the tiers are, like where you felt like the drop-offs are because I think that's kind of an interesting thing to – to do as we move down so we will uh we're going to start with groups of five and then we'll get into groups of 10 after we get outside the top 20 so we will start with the top five and we've got number one ronald acuna jr number two juan soto what (laughs) number three mike trout number four christian yelich and number five francisco lindor uh, pretty standard top five, I think, really, other than Soto Trout. I, I think that's um, kind of a debatable one. You could even argue, you know, one, I guess, is Acuna Soto Trout. But kind of talk about the decision with uh, with Soto and Trout, because I'm sure that was probably close. Yeah, a razor thin is the way I'd put it. And I don't know if I, I – there's probably other lists out there that maybe have this. I've yet to ever see anybody put – Soto over Trout and I'm not doing this to make a statement I've sat here and thought about this the last few months would I actually do it and to me it all comes down to the speed if you feel confident Trout's going to return to stealing 20 plus bags again he's probably the pick here but the more I think about it he's going to be 29 this summer meanwhile Soto just turned 21 and is on top of the world right now and 
I honestly don't think I'm projecting their steal totals to be that far off of each other for the next few years. I'm Soto's could go any time. He could go from stealing when he steal nine last year, 10, 11, something like that. Uh, that yeah, I think, think 12, I think 12, okay. that could drop to, right in there. Yeah. That could drop to four at any point, but I just, I think they're not going to be too far off of each other. And if that's the case, I feel both have awesome hit tools with elite power ability. And I'll take the 21 year old in the dynasty. I'm still taking trout ahead of, uh, of Soto in a redraft, but in a dynasty startup, I think I'm actually would take Soto number two. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Is it just back bleeping crazy or no, no, it's not crazy. Um, I, I, I actually was listening to a podcast today where they were talking about the number one pick and two of the three, there's three guys on the show. Two of the three had trout still at one Mm -hmm. and the other guy and the other guy had Acuna. I think that you could take any of the three one and I wouldn't think it was too crazy. I would probably have Soto three still, but in that moment, it is. It's tough. I, it's close. It really is. I'd definitely take Acuna one in batting average, which is what we're talking about. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, two, three. I mean, I don't blame you, put it that way. I, I totally get it's like the younger guy versus, you know, the guy that's a little bit older. I mean, obviously, Trout's arguably the best player in our lifetime. Yes. He's also He's also half, maybe a little bit more than halfway through the prime of his career. Yep. And if you're really confident that Soto is going to be something similar to that, I don't know. It's tough. I, I do think that that's a, a close one. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with anybody that had Trout at one. You know, it's kind of no, just your not at all. personal preference there. So, and the way you kind of want to build. But um, yeah, I think I put it this way. I wouldn't want to pick two. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you put the gun to your head, and you know I've got Trout in a, in, a, in one of our dynasty leagues, and I've sat there and thought, would I actually could I actually bring myself to sending an offer out there and see if he'd done it? And I've yet to have the stones to do it, mostly because yeah. I think I've got a competing window this year, and like I've said, I'd rather have Trout in a redraft straight up, and I would I don't even feel like I would hesitate on that because I think he's got more of a shot of stealing twenty bags, but yeah, in a career where i think it may be pretty close and taking i think i'm gonna let age take the factor there yeah no i don't blame you uh at four with yelich was there any was there any debate like do you think that those three are clearly the top three for me yes but i will say that last fall i felt a little different um because of the knee injury, but we were hearing good things in the, in January, February about him running. And I, I was starting to feel a little more confident about him than I did at that time. I think Yelich is pretty clearly in the four slot. I don't, I, I think I'm clearly taking him ahead of the couple guys behind him. And I'm not thinking about taking him ahead of those top three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. Uh, we'll move on to the next five. We've got at six Mookie Betts. Seven, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Eight, Cody Bellinger. Nine, Alex Bregman. And ten, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, where do you see kind of the, the drop-offs here, like just the kind of mini-tiers? And 
how close was uh, was Betts to Lindor? Very, very, very close. Razor thin. I think those are pretty much a pick 'em. And Vlad Jr. is just a tick behind them, and I wouldn't blink if somebody really decided they were going to take him. But I probably am taking Lindor and Betts over him still. But I think the drop-off, like, I see a gap between Bellinger, or I'm sorry, Vlad and Bellinger in terms of, I think it's about right there is where I see a little bit of a gap. And then I also see another gap after number nine with Bregman going into Tatis. I think that's a gap. Bregman and Bellinger, I think, are pretty close. I still have faith in Vlad. I I know I have him higher than most still, and I think that this could be. I mean, there was a picture of him on Baseball 365 with his dad, and he looks great right now. Did you see that picture? Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. it last night. I still think that the explosion may be about to happen here as soon as we get games. Yeah, yeah, these guys I think are um, these six through ten. I think they're pretty interchangeable for me for the most part. I think if they were in any order, wouldn't argue it too much. Um, obviously, I'm always been a Vlad guy. It's just it do, it has to happen for it, you know, him to work out here. But I think it's gonna too. So I don't really have any issues with it. Any other comments on these guys? Or no, Tatis is so fun, and that guy we've talked about before. He's got the upside to be a top three player in this league a year from now. Yeah, and. That's why he's up this high, and he's, it's just about getting, bringing those strikeouts down and staying healthy. I think those are the two things with him. If he has a healthy year and the strikeout rate drops, I think you're going to see a stu- superstar. Yeah, I, I don't, I've never been the biggest Tatis guy, but I think that there's a scenario where he goes 30-30 and he's a top three or four guy. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me one bit, so. It's tough to put him too much lower than where you got it. You know, it's just, it's hard to move him, have him too much lower. So, all right, we'll move on to the next, uh, the next five. We've got Nolan Arenado at 11, Trey Turner at 12, 13, Trevor Story, 14, Bryce Harper, and 15, Raphael Devers. All right, got, I'm going to play a little game here. I've got my first name that jumps out to me here is a little too high. And I'm gonna have you guess who it is. No, you sent play, me the show. No- you sent me we'll the play show the notes. play the uh, Jeopardy music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with this new system, I've I've just moved, and the way things are set up, I literally could go pull it up right now and play it. You wouldn't hear it, <laughs> but it would play on the podcast. And if you had told me That's that funny. beforehand, if you had had that in the show notes, I'd have had it ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but it's all right. Um, you sent me these notes a couple days ago. And whenever I saw this question and looked at these five, I don't have a good feel on this. I'm going to take a guess and say Trevor story. I don't know. No, Trevor story is not it. I, um, I cannot take Nolan Arenado at 11 in a dynasty oh. league. Really? Yeah, I just can't. I, I, I think that we're, so he's 28. 29 I think he's 29 now I think he's 29 and I look first off I love Arenado I have him on a dynasty team like it's nice seeing him here but I just think that if we're close to the point where he's leaving course which I think that there's a chance I mean I don't I don't necessarily think that it's a lock but that risk right there 
moves him down considerably to me. I mean, I think he went, I want to say in this mock I'm doing, so I'm doing a dynasty mock with some guys from Fantrax, some industry people. I think he went 19. And one of the guys made a comment like they thought that that was even too high for them. I don't know exactly where I would have him, but I just would have him lower than this. So I think, I mean, obviously he's really proven. He's really solid. He feels really safe. But I just think if you remove the cores aspect of it and combine it with him turning 30 and I don't know, I just think that the numbers could get a lot more. I don't know. You, you remember how it's like when Goldschmidt kind of, you know, obviously Goldschmidt, there was a point where he was top three player, top five yes. player. And then now he's in the sixties, you know, and I'm not saying exactly that will happen with Arenado, but I wouldn't be that surprised if it was some a little bit of a drop off, especially leaving course. Obviously, if he stays there, then it'll look a lot better and it may be fine, you know, but that was just the one I thought was a little higher than I'd had him. No, that's you can, fair. Yeah, you can, I mean if you can defend it all you want because I mean he has enough track record to defend it, that's for sure. No, hearing that, honestly, and thinking about it a little more, I think that's a point. I, as I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. I probably would move him down here a little bit. I think I'd probably move him to 15. I don't know if I'd go much lower than 15, but I could see myself moving Story, Turner, Harper, and Diggivers above him on this list, hearing that, because that's a really good point. I do think as long as he's in Colorado, I really don't think the drop-off's going to happen for a while. The difference between he and Goldschmidt, and I know you're not saying apples to apples here. Goldstein yeah, had no. the speed that went away, and Arenado doesn't have that. He's got cores, and as long as he continues right. holding cores, I think he's going to be a stud for another five years. But yeah. no, on I that agree same note, you. what you're saying is legit. He was he spoke very very loudly this offseason about being unhappy and wanting moved, and Colorado may be bad. And they're not project. I think they were projected to win 71 games. I think I remember talking about that in February or March and saying that was part of the reason why I thought John Gray could get moved this summer. So maybe that happens. Maybe they start out rough and they decide, okay, it's just time to blow things up. Let's put Arenado back out there again because he's not happy here anyways. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. As much as everybody loves Nolan Arenado, but it's like if you take cores away, those numbers are going down. Yes. I, it's just a, it's just a fact. <laughs> yes. So that, I, I think I the know, home runs risk. could still be there or really close. I honestly yeah. think cause his home runs yeah, splits and home runs aren't bad, but yes, RBI runs batting average, all three of those, you can bank on them dropping. Yeah. Any thoughts on these other four? Or you want to go on to sixteen twenty? Uh, I think they're all pretty. I don't really have too many comments to say. I, I, Trey Turner is still stealing a ton of bags, and that he's got that unique skill set. No, I I don't really have too much to say about any of the other four. They're good. I like they're awesome players. I like where you have Harper. Yeah, we're, we're the Har- we're the we're the Harper guys on this show. So yeah, I like where you have them. I just think we're, that we're the Harper guys we, on the show. We're the only two guys on this show. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we could we could probably name it the Bryce Harper podcast at some points. We but, love Harper. Yes, yeah. we do. But yeah, no, he just I just think that he's going to last a long time, you know, with his contract, he's going to play. There's just no risk. I mean, yeah, stud. That's the thing with Harper that people don't take into account. 
you know, the speed, he's stealing 10 to 15 bags right now, and that's nice. That'll eventually drop down a little more as he ages. But that skill set, like, let me put it this way. Five years from now, I think Bryce Harper will be more valuable than Mookie Betts, Betts in fantasy leagues. Would you agree with that? Yeah, probably, yeah. Granted, and, you're not Granted, you're not playing for five years from now, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. His skill set ages better than the – Andrew McCutcheon's yep. Mookie Betts of the world. Yep, totally agree. All right, we'll go to uh, we'll go to sixteen to twenty here. We've got at sixteen we've got first pitcher Garrett Cole, seventeen Ozzy Albies, eighteen Glaber Torres, nineteen Walker Bueller, and twenty Bo Bichette. First pitchers on the list, two of them. How much did you uh, move these guys around in the overall? Like, you know, did you ever have Cole any higher than this, or was were they lower, him and Bueller? And then just a few thoughts on uh, Cole versus Bueller, Cole as the first pitcher, stuff like that. I really felt going in Cole would be between 15 and 20, so I wasn't super, too surprised when I finished that he landed in there. He really didn't move up or down too much, maybe within five slots. And Bueller, he might have moved up a little bit. I honestly can't remember for sure. But both of those guys, I mean, are just – stud pitchers Cole is the top pitcher in the game right now and as guys like Sale and so many other aces keep falling and Cole is continuing to stay healthy I think that's just cementing himself him even better in terms of with the guys around him and Walker Bueller is the most exciting young pitcher out there and now he's I think what he throw like 180 innings last year so yeah right um, around there you really can't go into this any season thinking limitations. I mean, he may not be a 220, 230 pitcher ever as long as he's with the Dodgers. He may. I won't rule it out, but I'm saying that it's not like they're going to be protecting his innings much more than they would anybody else, the Dodgers, yeah. at this point. And he's electric. He's going to have a really good run here the next few years. So, I, yeah, I think he those two belong right here and around this spot. Obviously, I made the list, but I wasn't too surprised. I really thought Bueller would probably – I would have guessed if you had had me going in, maybe Bueller would have been 20 to 25. He finished just a little above that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's a good group. Any uh, any thoughts on the, the three hitters? I think I would – I think I would have Bichette ahead of Glaber. Yeah, and close, I don't have a Close, though. Close. And – what I was going to say about Glaber is I don't think he has much growth in him from what he just did this last year, but he's also capable of being a really good middle-of-the-order bat for the Yankees for a decade, and that's pretty nice to have. Albies and Bo feel like they have solid floors, but ceilings, they've got another level in them both. The question is the steals. You know, Bo's got a very small sample size, but I'm really confused on why he stole so few bases and got he got caught. I think he was fifty percent success yeah, he was, rate. He was four for eight, I believe. Four four steals, four caught. And Albies has been up for a couple years, and we've talked about this. I don't understand why he's not running more. He's running at a very good success rate, but he's not running as much as I feel like he's capable of. And if he was to decide to maybe start running more, he could be an absolute superstar and so both yeah. of those guys have superstar ability that's higher than what I think Glaber Torres has, but I also think Glaber's probably got the highest floor of the three. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that with Albies and Bo, 
where those steals land will be will be really important, you know, these coming years. I just feel like I know I've said it with Albies, but I guess I kind of feel the same way about Bo. It's like I don't feel like their steals from the last season or two seasons with Albies. I don't think it really affects too much going forward because I think they're fast. They're obviously dynamic players, young, good offenses. Like I could see either one of them just stealing twenty five bases, and it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. So no, not a lot. I think that that kind of has to be factored in, and it obviously it is here because they're pretty high in these ranks. So I agree with it. I like it. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get back with groups of ten, starting with twenty one through thirty. Wait a minute. You just cued that break. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt a little different. Yeah, I did. But all right. Carry on, Andrew. All right. So we'll do uh we'll we'll go to twenty one through thirty now. At twenty one, we've got Eloy Jimenez, twenty two, Freddie Freeman, twenty three, Aaron Judge, twenty four, Keston Hira, twenty five, Carlos Correa, twenty six, Manny Machado. 27, Jordan Alvarez, 28, Pete Alonzo, 29, Wander Franco, and 30, Xander Bogarts. Give me some of your uh, some of your thoughts on this group. Just well, any of them. Pick a guy. Going back to what you said about you're always going to tinker with this, and as I looked at this list, and you mentioned some guys you want to talk about, but specifically I've looked at Aaron Judge, and as I reevaluated and I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute. Aaron Judge is a big-bodied guy who continues getting hurt, who also I don't think his skill set, his, his swing and miss is going to be, I think that's going to progressively get worse quick. I don't think, and I think I would move him 10 to 15 slots lower now just because he's such a big body and he's already seems like he's dealing with stuff to where I think I would move him down below pretty much everybody else in this tier and wow, really? the next tier. Yeah. That much, more, huh? I, yeah. The more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I probably should have him down outside of my top 30 as I thought about it. I'm like, I think I'd take a lot of these guys over him just because of that fear of continually getting hurt. I mean, yeah, I think I would. So that was my first thought looking at this. What else do you got? What do you yeah, want to talk about on this? I um I thought Judge was too high, not not crazy too high. I mean I I mean we know the potential is there. It's just obviously yes. the health the health stuff and he's what, twenty seven, twenty eight now, so he's pushing late twenties, thirty, close to thirty. You know, as he's just twenty eight. Yeah, as the as the years pass when you get into the late twenties, I mean it just gets it gets tough, especially when you're not healthy, which it's been tough for him to be. So I, I definitely have him lower. The one that I could not believe was Correa at 25. With all due respect, I was pretty shocked. So talk to me about yeah. that one. No, that's fair too, and I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. I probably would move him down also. He does keep dealing with lingering back issues. I don't know. I I still think that he's got the MVP season 
in him. That See, he can I do it. I do too. I actually agree with that. I think but, that Correa has like a perfect world season for Carlos Correa. I still think he has that in him. But you could say the same thing ooh, about Judge 20, too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I just feel like uh, I just felt like Correa was a little higher than I'd have him. Quite a bit, probably. I I want to say he went. In this draft, I want to say he went in like the seventies. Man, I would not so, I would jump on that. But yeah, on that same note, as I thought about it, and I look as I look at him next to Xander Bogarts. I mean, should I really be? Ta- I mean, Xander Bogarts is doing a lot of the things we're hoping Correa does eventually when he stays healthy. Just Correa, I think, could be a little bit better, but I should probably be taking Xander Bogarts ahead of him. So. Yeah, I think he should be. I think that's fair. I think he probably could go down a few slots. I don't think I'm definitely not moving him down into the 70s or anywhere close. Yeah, to that, no, but I think he I'd should probably him, go down a little bit. I'd have him higher than the 70s too. I was just saying. I I think it was like 72 where he went in this draft. Jeez. What um, talk to me about Wander here. What so first prospect, obviously best prospect in baseball at 29. What uh, any thoughts on him? Did you? Did you have him higher at different points, or was he lower? You know, was he kind of always here? What are your thoughts on Wander at twenty nine? I think he was originally in my low thirties. When I say low thirties, I mean like thirty one, thirty two. So he's been within about five slots of this this whole time. I really haven't moved him as much as people around him. And yeah, I I think it's the right spot. I mean, he's probably about a year away from making his debut. He's got a that I mean, he is the superstar prospect out there that everybody is most excited about. The question is, how much will the speed remain? The hit tool sounds like it's special, except he's a middle of the inf- like. He's got a Vlad Vladimir. Are they giving him an eighty grade hit tool yet, or is yeah. it seventy? Yeah, eighty. Yeah, so they're basically much, saying yeah. this is Vladimir Guerrero, except with the, in the middle of the field now. Right, and more defensive yeah. value, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and better body, possibly right. have speed. Potentially, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, if anything, I may be a little low, but I think it's probably about right. I, th- I honestly think he's a – could you imagine doing a draft where you start off with Ronald Acuna and then at the next turn you take Wanda Franco? Yeah, I I don't think you're getting him at 30. I mean – You're probably not. No. You're right. I, I think I there are don't. a lot of guys – I would have had him a little bit higher. Uh, I think that the guy in in the one I'm in now got Tatis and Wander, so that was pretty oh, interesting. Wow. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a po- it's a polarizing topic with a guy like that because he is a prospect, he is 19 years old, and all of that. But I don't really see a whole lot of risk with him, you know, and especially when you factor in trades, I. I saw him in a 20-team dynasty league that I run this offseason. It's all, you know, it's all really good owners. Go close to straight up for Trey Turner. It wasn't straight up, Jeez. but it was close. And w- the only thing I'll say is there's probably people going, oh, my God, I would never trade Trey for a 19-year-old prospect, and that's fine. But there's people out there that think that way. Yep. And if you have Wander Franco, I mean, you can get whatever you want. So I'd probably have yep. a little higher, but I don't think it's like bad or anything. I thought it was pretty close. So. No, I could see 
just looking at this, putting him, slotting him right above Correa on this list, right behind Hira and like right right around Hira and Judge moving Judge down. So I could see him making his way up into the low twenties or early twenties, twenty twenty two, twenty three. But yeah, I don't think I could go much higher. I think I think above that you're get, you're dealing with other guys that could be stars. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. We'll move on to the next ten here. We've got 31, Jose Altuve, 32, Anthony Rendon, 33, Jacob deGrom, 34, Jack Flaherty, 35, Joe Adele, 36, Jose Ramirez, 37, Adalberto Mondesi, 38, Chris Bryant, 39, Johan Moncada, and 40, Austin Meadows. deGrom versus Flaherty. Obviously, it was close. They're back-to-back, but uh, did you have any... Like, were you thinking about putting Flaherty ahead of him, or what was your what was your thought on that? Before you answer it, I just want to say that I know I keep referencing it, but it's because I'm in it now. I'm doing a mock with all these guys, and the, in the um, – I want to say it was the second round. The guy that took – he took Flaherty, and he said that it was him and DeGrat, like they were back really? to back, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's guy, funny. The guy took Flaherty, but that's the reason I bring it up is just because um, obviously they're back to back in your rankings too, and I mean I don't I think it's just kind lower. of a coin flip, yeah. So I do think it's a coin two. flip. I think Flaherty is not the pitcher Degrom is right now. You shared a real awesome tweet the other day about Degrom, and it showed his mile per hour velocities on all of his pitches when he came up in 2015 and what they were this last year. And it's just insane what he's throwing it with his off-speed pitches, What like a sinker at 90 or a slider at 91, 92 miles an hour. Isn't that right? I think, I think his, I think his changeup was like 91 or something. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it was a slider. I can't remember, but yeah, I remember tweeting out. I saw that and I thought, well, that explains a lot why, why he's just become absolutely unhittable the last two years. Yeah, and he's I think thirty one right now. Maybe not. Maybe getting him mixed up. I think he's thirty one. I'm gonna look that up while I'm typing here. Yeah, thirty one or two. He, yeah, he probably still has a lot of good years left in him. But he is um, Flaherty's clearly younger. It's just a personal preference thing. Yeah. I think they're pretty much right there. Take your personal preference. I yeah. probably am still taking Degrom. Like I own Flaherty in both dynasty leagues. If in either one somebody asked me, offered me Degrom for him straight up, if they were rebuilding, I'd probably take him in either league. Especially since I'm trying to contend in both. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. I I've kind of always said and felt like ages with pitchers is a little overrated, anyways. So it's not like Degrom's. 37, you know, so should still have a few good years left. What about, uh, what about Adele? Here is the second prospect, six spots behind Wander. Thoughts on that? Yeah, and yeah, that's a good one to talk about in terms of, you know, I, you and I have had this conversation. I don't know if we've ever had it on the airwaves, but you were the one that I heard first say, you know, I don't think the gap is quite as big between Wander and Adele as some of these rankings have. And I think that's fair. Adele should be up here opening day. And, or now that they've done this, they were, we were expecting him to be up early in the season. 
kid with a very who's very mature for a 19 year old. If you hear interviews with this guy, you can tell this guy's got that some incredibly good character of character and that I just he's a kid who I think will be really good at listening to his coaches and learning and doing putting in the work to be the best he can be. He reminds me some of Tatis Jr., who I did have questions when he was coming up last year. I expected Tatis to struggle, and I expect I would expect the same out of Adele if he did come up early in the year. But Tatis made me wrong, and it wouldn't surprise me if Adele did the same. I think a real good comp for him in terms of the type of player that he could be is like a Justin Upton. I mean, he could be better, but I think that's a f- f- the comp I like to think of right now of what I see when I see him. A r- incredible skills, swing and miss. Can he get that under control and continue improving on that? Then he's got a much higher ceiling that he could even reach. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on him. Yeah. I I just wonder the I just wonder how much Adele's gonna run. The more I've mm-hmm. the more I've thought about him and looked into it and everything, I, I don't know. I I feel like I am less confident in him stealing bait a lot of bases than I was like a year ago. So I don't know. I could see him being more like a 15 steals. I don't, I don't really know if he's going to be like this crazy steal guy, which obviously puts more pressure on his bat. I think his bat's going to be fine, but I, yeah, I, I think that the trade value with Wander versus Adele is larger than this gap. Yes. But I don't necessarily think the ultimate production is. I mean, obviously, that's kind of a wait-and-see thing, but just uh, just kind of something I thought of. I think I'd have Jose, I'd have Jose Ramirez ahead of him, though. Yeah. You definitely don't like him. I, I mean, I've been vocal about not liking him either, but I, I don't think I could trade him for Joe Adele. I I don't know. That's, that's He's so tough. T- he was tough for me to rank Jose yeah. Ramirez. It's, it's just been such a roller coaster the last two years. He's still running a lot, which does is enhance him. But man, there's so many questions just about that guy with me in terms. Of, if he could go out. It's hard for me to. You know, I'm going to talk. Let's say we're had we were starting to march, and he went out and had a 30-30 season. I'm not going to rule that out. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he drove his nut, owner's nuts again and went out and stole 14 bags and hit four, went 15-15 and hit 220. It wouldn't. I'm not saying I'd expect that, but it also wouldn't shock me. It just drives owner's nuts. Where's Where's kind of the line here? Is there a spot where you feel like it drops off a little bit or pretty steady all the way down? I think it's pretty steady. I don't see a big gap, you know, um, or any, got a couple any of, thoughts on these other guys? No, I, I don't have an answer. I was just curious if you I think I'd have no, Met, I, I think I'd have Meadows a little higher, but not I'm, too crazy. He's another guy who I'm wondering where the speed is in terms of he stole twelve bags last year, got caught a lot of times in the second half, and because of that drop off, I'm just not sure what he is in terms of speed wise. That that's the reason he's a little lower than he were then where he's where I think he would have been if I had made these ranks a year ago right now. Um, Altuve Rendon, I, you know, those are veteran bats that are really good right now. The speed for both of them is 
pretty, looks like it may be gone, but their so, their hit tools are so great that I think they'll be really good hitters for the net for another five years or so. Uh, Alberto Mondesi frustrates me as a player, but he is incredibly valuable with the speed. He's yeah. capable of being a first-round player, but I don't expect a long run as an elite player with how much swing and miss he has along with the lack of patience. Unless that changes, I don't think it'll be great. But if you're somebody who plays for the now and really just doesn't even care about that, you probably should have him a little higher. And But my gosh, he's just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that guy's a time bomb. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, I think it's a pretty this is a pretty steady part of it where I see these guys like I I see a big tier drop off from about 30, from those previous 21 to 30 to these guys, but I also view a lot of them as pretty close to each other. Nice. All right, we'll move on to 41 through 50. 41, we've got Matt Chapman, 42, Matt Olson. 43, George Springer, 44, Steven Strasburg, 45, Mike Clevenger, 46, Luis Castillo, 47, Anthony Rizzo, 48, Giancarlo Stanton, 49, Javier Baez, 50, Keto Marte. Uh, I've got a few guys I want to talk about, I guess, with these 10. Um, I'll start with Chapman. I, f- I feel like when I look at any a lot of rankings with Matt Chapman in dynasty leagues I just every time I see it I think I feel like he's too high if it's an OBP league I get it I get that he's a great defender he's got a really strong arm he gets on base a lot he's on a good team there's appealing things about him but if you're talking batting average leagues I'm looking at a guy that isn't special in batting average at all Typically, I mean, I don't expect him to hit for high batting averages, and he doesn't run. So pretty much it's a three-category guy, and he's 27, I believe. So not that that's old, but pushing the back half of your 20s, you know, I I don't know. I just don't really see a lot of upside with him. I think he's pretty solid, but he's just always higher than I would have him. Clevenger. At 45, I think is he's obviously a stud pitcher. He's basically an ace right now. I don't feel like it's going to last that long. I would get out. On, I would just be out on that guy if I wasn't in contention to win right now. I would be selling him for as much as I could get. I don't think it's going to last. Like if you told me in two years, two to three years, he was just a shell of himself. I wouldn't be surprised. Like that's kind of what I, I just expected to be a quick fall off with him. And, um, Stanton and <laughs> Keedle. I like Stanton. I mean, we've talked about Stanton a lot. I, I know you like him too. I think he has the most power in the league, but I, I feel like the, those two Stanton and Keedle, I, they're just a little higher than I'd have them. I'm, I'm not really a keto guy, so. But, yeah, just a few of my thoughts. I, I love Strasburg. I love where you have Olsen and Springer. I think they're in good spots. Castillo, too. I think he's rock solid still right in his mid-20s. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of a little all over the place with these 10 for me. What are your What are your thoughts? You re, you re, Are you comfortable? Like, if you're in the top 50 of a startup, you're comfortable taking, like, Straz, Clevenger, Luis Castillo. You're comfortable with that? 
Yeah, I think I would be depending on what. Like I, I when I look at the guys below them, and I look at these next couple rounds as we're going down. You know, I think I could bring myself to get a couple of these prospects from the pre from the next tier that we'll get to. I could see myself moving them up above and going on and moving them up another ten slots. As I've thought about all of this, but I don't look at many of these bats and other arms that are below them and think, okay, yeah, I feel a lot more confident confident in those guys over these pitchers here. To where, yeah, I think I would take them. I mean, yeah, I would take them above. The the two prospects that we'll get to on this next tier, I might move them up as I've thought about this more. But I just uh, really, this is an area where I look at a lot of these players that are coming up, and I just don't feel a lot of confidence in any of them in terms of enough to take them over these aces to where I could see myself taking one of these aces and then just turning around and putting them on the block. If I was not competing right away, I would put them on the block because I feel like I could get more down the road. But yeah, I think I'd feel comfortable taking one and then trusting my ability to trade them if I was not contending. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I mean, and they, a lot of these, I always feel like when I'm doing rankings, I'm trying to balance what I think and what the public thinks because like what you said with wander, it's pretty much what you said with wander is a good example. If there's somebody that I'm way down on or way high on either way, if you kind of tilt it towards a little bit what the public thinks, because that's where the trade value aspect of it comes in, you know? And I mean, like you can get a lot for these aces. So I will give you that. Clevenger is just the one that scares me, man. I just, man, I just feel pretty confident in saying that that guy is going to just drop off so fast. I, I just, am not feeling it with him, but I, I like the other, the other guys. I mean, they're obviously all really good pitchers. So, any other and thoughts Clevin- on? No, go ahead. It's fair. Clevenger's had the back problem. He had another injury early part of this year to where he was looking like he was going to miss time. And, yeah, it's fair. And I could see it. I'd, I'd be taking him because aces are hard to find. And I think a lot of these guys – I mean, I think you could probably move him for a lot at, in the middle of this year. Um, Any other thoughts I have? I think you've touched over a lot of these guys. Javi Baez. I think I've said this enough, but I'll say it again. That's a guy who has elite skill set, bat speed about as fast as anybody in baseball. But just like Mondesi before, I think that's a ticking time bomb in terms of a guy that I feel more confident in him and his like his abilities at the plate, if we're just talking about that. But I don't expect it to be something that lasts for a long time Yeah, to where – He's, he's another one of those hot potatoes, kind of like these pitchers. That's why I have him here with the pitchers. Is I I think I kept moving Baez down as I did this list. He was one of those that I kept moving down. And I, as I got to these pitchers, I'm like, I kind of feel like the pitchers. I feel the same way with Baez. It's just hot potato yeah. and whenever it explodes. So I felt like he belonged with those guys. Yeah, no, totally fair. Matt Olson's a beast. I'll just leave it at that. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yeah, I liked where you had him. All right, we'll move to 51 through 60. And we've got 51, Josh Bell, 52, Dylan Carlson, 53, Julio Rodriguez, 54, J.D. Martinez, 55, Patrick Corbin, 56, Blake Snell, 57, Clayton Kershaw, 58, Joey Gallo, 
59, Aaron Nola, and 60, Charlie Blackman. All right, I'm going to start with Carlson. We both love him. Do you think I'd have him higher, lower, or right about this spot? Maybe if we were making, if you were making a list in February or March, you'd have him right about this slot. But and I moved him up. Probably he was one of my biggest risers from making when I started this in February to finishing it up about a week ago because of the news that it sound, he looks like a lock to be up opening day. So now there's no question on when he's going to be here, which that's just, their value is going to go up as soon as they make their debut. Some people I know I've heard the saying, some prospects they feel their highest trade value is the day they're called up. And we're pretty much there with Carlson. As soon as we get baseball, we're going to see him. But I think you'd have him higher, and I would have him higher now as I look at this. Him and Julio Rodriguez – they're probably both jumping up about 10 slots each as I if I was to have had another couple of days to look at this over. So my guess is higher. I think I'd have him lower, actually. Really? Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't have him higher than this. Um, I obviously love Carlson. I mean, we're, we're kind of at the point where it's all – I mean, I was kind of – touting Carlson when he was nowhere near this, you know? Yes. And now we're talking about like a top 50 dynasty guy. I mean, I, I think it's close. Yeah. I, I think it's close. I think I'd have him probably a little lower. I know I'd have Julio higher. I know I would. I actually think that gun to my head, Julio Rodriguez and Joe Adele, I don't know what I'm doing. I might yeah. take Julio. Like, they are really close to me. And they're 18 spots apart here. So, I mean, I just know I'd have those two closer. But I think a lot of it with Carlson is more of a long-term thing with me. I think that short-term, he's really good. I like him. I think he's going to produce five categories or, you know, potentially do that. Should have opportunity right away. You got to love it. But... If you look at that guy, I don't see a stolen base threat a few years down the line. I don't think I, I think, can agree with that. I think that his steals are going to go pretty quickly in the next couple of years, like two to three years, maybe go to like the low double digits, possibly into single digits. I just don't think he's going to be running a lot, even when he hits like his mid twenties. But that's just kind of a guess, just based on his body, you know, it's really what it is. So I don't think that he has, like, put it this way, of all the top, top end prospects, I don't think he has, like, first round fantasy upside. I can agree with that. And I think that Julio Rodriguez does. I can agree with Joe that. Adele, Luis Robert, all those, like, same thing, you know, so... Um, I think that's where I'm just kind of like, eh, we're starting to get to waters with Carlson where I'm not comfortable having him much higher, but I don't, I don't think it's bad either. I just, I definitely wanted to talk about him cause I know we've, we both like him a lot. Obviously I've got my redraft shares. I, I wanted to say, I, I definitely liked where you put, uh, JD Martinez. I think a guy like that is really hard to rank. You got him at 54. Yes. You got him at 54. I think it's totally fair. He went right about there in the in the mock that I'm doing now, so I thought that was good. 
I don't know where I'd actually take him, but it'd be around this spot. So I thought that was good. Um, Corbin, Snell, Kershaw. You've got 55, 56, and 57. Which one of these three is the most likely to win a Cy Young in the next three years? I want to say Kershaw. I um, think I really felt like he was he I think he was going to be my Cy Young award winner pick when we were about to make our preseason predictions really? which I don't yeah I, I just awesome. was like with everything I I there were some reports coming out and I just had a feeling like he might have one more of those years in him and this was going to be it in terms of just having one of those seasons um he'd be my first pick Corbin would be my second Snell third but Corbin and I I feel like any of them could and it's all all of them have a pretty would have a decent shot Corbin Corbin's been Mr. Steady maybe I wouldn't yeah he'd probably he would be third on my list yeah Corbin Corbin would be third for me I mean I think Corbin's really good I just don't think that that type of ceiling is in him for like best pitcher in the league but I think my pick would be Snell but I'd love for it to be Kershaw Believe, believe me on that so Snell's got the best stuff of the three. Yeah. Any other thoughts on these guys? Um, let's see. Charlie Blackman's still just a really good hitter. The speed's gone. You're getting a – but he's got a long-term contract with the Rockies to play out his years. He's going to be a high batting average, really high runs guy with good power. Um, Joey Gallo, incredible power. Probably not going to have a long sustained run as a top guy. I could see the his career following like a Chris Davis where it all of a sudden falls apart and falls apart quick. But on the same note, while he's elite, he's fun to own. Even as long as you can have a batting average around him, he's a lot of fun to own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are my main thoughts. All right, we'll take a quick break and get back with 61 through 70. All right, so at 61, we've got Lucas Giolito, 62, Victor Robles, 63, Gavin Lux, 64, Eugenio Suarez, 65, Max Scherzer, 66, Justin Verlander, 67, Shane Bieber, 68, Trevor Bauer, 69, Brandon Woodruff, 70, Andrew Benintendi. I never thought I'd say it, but I think I'd have Robles a little bit higher. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying that, but I definitely, I actually, I definitely have Lux higher too. Yeah, um, yeah, those two mostly, mostly just because that they're young bats. I think you can kind of get that value for them, even if you if you're off of them. So that's fair. That's really fair on both of them because they are young bats and they are going to be valued. So I can I can totally buy that. Give me the um, give me your thoughts on uh, all these pitchers. Like, I can't. I just ranking Scherzer and Verlander especially. Had to be so hard, like very. That is, it's hard to do that. I just feel. I always feel like, a, you know, in a startup, you're just sitting there, and nobody wants to be the guy that 
took the 36-year-old pitcher, 37-year-old pitcher the year that he crumbles, you know. It's Yep. It's tough. I I think that I don't think I would take him here, but I also don't fault someone who does because I get it. I mean, they're obviously awesome. It's just it's just a risky game to play to me. I think they're going before this in a dynasty startup. I will say probably. That. Yeah, I, I think Scherzer I is. I think Scherzer is. I don't know about Verlander, but I, if not, they're going really close here. I, yeah, somebody's going to want them. You're you're dealing with that hot potato game with those guys in terms of how long. And it seems like in every startup dynasty draft I've done, when those two guys go, everybody's breathing a sigh of relief. Like finally, because. They're dealing with the same torment of, am I really going to let him sit out there another? Ugh, I don't want him, but I don't want him to. You know, I if so much, it feels like there's value here. But yeah, you're playing a hot potato game with guys like that in terms of when does it fall apart? When do their bodies finally stop working and they stop pitching like an ace? And it could happen to either one or both this year. It's possible yeah. to where it's or neither tough to rank. or neither, and they could both or win neither. Cy Young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that is kind of the game that you play. But I just, yeah, it's tough, man. It is tough. I I can't really blame where you ranked them because I know that, like I said, they had to be hard to rank. Yes, really, this whole list is pretty hard. I mean, once I had them. I felt pretty good having Bieber, Bauer, Woodruff guys right below them. Like those all felt like a good old mash of pitchers to take. Bieber, I think he outproduced. Like I think he's a little overvalued right now in fantasy leagues in terms of yeah, he was awesome last year, but I just, I don't know a control guy. He's more of a control guy, and Bauer has the upside to pitch like an ace again, but man, he's been very inconsistent his whole career. At least you're getting strikeouts no matter what with him. And then Brandon Woodruff being the up-and-comer, and then Giolito being just a tier above them. He showed the elite stuff last year and pitched incredibly well as the pedigree. But yeah, just a lot of different arms in this tier. And moving back to where you said Robles and Lux, uh, Robles or Lux you know, yeah, you can make the argument from what you said. He's probably valued a little higher than here. I worry about how much upside he really has as compared. But I um, totally can val- go with the he, – he's a young hitter and he's got the value, just like yeah. Robles is valued really high. And yeah, no, I am uh, I actually agree with you on Lux. I, I do. I've, I've, I know we've talked about it. I don't – I don't really think that he has really high upside either. He's probably one of those, like if I did my top 10 prospects, which I actually did do, it's just they're not out yet, but that'll be our next podcast. But I think him and Carlson are probably the two guys in my top 10 or so, you know, right around that I don't think have like first round upside. But I just think mm-hmm. I just think his floor is really really high though. I mean I think he's going to be yes. really good hitter and last a long time. You know obviously really good team and once he gets to the top of the lineup, could be really dynamic. So what um, you like Woodruff, huh? Yes, I can't. I think he's. I can't a do fun it here. Sixty nine. I can't do it here. 
But yeah, I I like him. Um, what about Ben Attendee? I want to ask you about that because he was a hard one to rank in terms of. Do you think that's too high, too low? Yeah, I'd I'd have him lower, but yeah, I've all. I've always kind of liked him. I mean, now the price is obviously lower than it's ever been. Um, I would have to drop him down lower than this, but I don't hate it. I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a world where he bounces back, so I don't hate it. And Suarez was somebody I moved up. I remember we talked about him before the year, and I got caught talking about how he doesn't walk much, and then I went and looked it up, and I – Whenever I circled back to these rankings again, I, I remembered as I saw him, he was way, like significantly lower. I'm like, oh, yeah, I misjudged him and moved him up significantly on this list. Yeah, any other uh, any other thoughts on any of these or can we move on? No, I think that covers it. Let's move on. All right, so 71 through 80, we've got 71, Starling Marte, 72, Gary Sanchez, 73, Jason Dominguez, 74, Paul Goldschmidt, 75, Tyler Glasnow, 76, JT Real Muto, 77, Wilson Contreras, 78, Mackenzie Gore, 79, Roberto Ozuna, 80, Kyle Schwarber. Solid group here. Uh, I, I think I'd have um, a bigger gap between the two catchers, Real Muto and Contreras. But I think it'd probably be more of moving Contreras down and moving Real Muto up because I'm just not going to invest a lot in catchers, really. I mean, so, yeah, obviously they're close. I mean, that's the other thing. I don't mean to nitpick when it's like one spot off, because I can't tell you how many times when I did my prospect ones where it was like he was ahead of him, then he was behind him, then he was ahead, you know. So those are – it's almost kind of like whatever. Any thoughts on those guys? Or No, it's fair on catchers. They're kind of like the pitchers. You are tough – tough to rank them because those aren't positions that are a little tougher in terms of how long they last and all that stuff. Yeah. But no, I, th- I, th- I feel like they're pretty close in terms of real Muto and Contreras. I like, I like Contreras always. I've ha- had shares of him and have enjoyed him. He's did have that year where his power, he's had years where his home run to fly ball rates are all over the place. That's kind of weird about what's weird about him, but no, I think I personally feel like they're pretty close. Yeah, and I've I've never uh, never thought of myself as a big Starling Marte fan. You've got him at seventy one here, but I think I'd have him above most of those guys in that previous group. Like I, I would definitely take Starling Marte ahead of Justin Verlander. Definitely. Yeah. Like I have Verlander in RM two, and if the Marte owner wants to make that swap, I would do it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think Probably it's crazy or anything, but yeah, yeah, it could could have to do with team need and stuff. I mean, like I said, I've never loved Marte, but what about Dominguez, seventy three? Give me, uh, give me your thoughts here. I know you have him. Rising stock. I was seeing someone post on Baseball three sixty five the other day that one of his baseball cards is currently oh, yeah. on eBay for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Oh, he is the guy that everybody's hoping is the going to be the next Juan DeFranco, and his value is insane right now. Whether you believe in, like, whether you think it's crazy or not that he's up here, it kind of goes back to everything else 
Uh, he's nicknamed the Martian. Everybody is in love with this kid right now. And maybe it won't work. And maybe his value could drop in the next couple years. But that doesn't happen often with these elite prospects. Yes, you could sit here and talk about Kevin Maiton. But there is a lot more video out there of Jason Dominguez. And people have, more people have had their eyes on him than the, the situation with Maiton where we just had one guy's quote saying that and there and there was you know it was just basically this groundswell of people talking and nobody had really seen him and that's not the case with Dominguez uh like you said you noticed big body maybe that's something that could be a fear but that's something that isn't going to be talked about right now that's down the line to where his value I think is just gonna when he gets to the states and starts playing some baseball I think it's just gonna get crazier so yeah. this this is one of those that I expect his value to continue just shooting up. Yeah, it's definitely a rising stock for sure. The one thing I'll say with Dominguez is I think it's just a stock that I would cash out. I, uh, you know, like people will say, and, and this is what you always hear: "Oh, he's five years away. How do you? What do you want to do? Wait till twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, or whatever." And that's the thing: you don't have to wait that long. I mean, it doesn't like what he ultimately winds up doing isn't a major deal. But I just feel like if you were to wait, you know, until he gets to the big leagues, I think that at least right now, and this could change in six months, year, two years, once we see a little bit more. But I just feel like um, based on where he's valued right now, what you can probably get for him there's a better chance that you're going to be a little disappointed that you waited as opposed to selling him now. Hmm. Because I, I mean, I heard, I've heard of a trade this off season where he went as like the main piece for Jose Ramirez. It might've even been close to straight up. It wasn't, I don't think it was straight up. It wasn't a league I was in. It was somebody who told me, but, and there's people who will say that's crazy and it is crazy, but, Man, the value, I mean, just you can get stud for him, you know? And it's just, I don't know. I feel like if you wait it out, there's a better chance of it getting worse than getting better because it's already great. I mean, he's already viewed as a top 10 prospect or 10 to 15 prospect, you know? So, I don't know. I just, I don't really know how much better it can get. I mean, everybody kind of expects him to become that, number one guy too so just not sneaking it past anybody i think it's pretty good ranking here i mean he's just he's got that type of value so what about uh other one i wanted to touch on was osuna i just couldn't take a closer in the top 80 i don't think whether i was trying to win or not but he is a stud what do you think about him it's fair he's a 25 year old that there's so many closers that and it, I know that's dumb to even throw an age in with a closer because all of I mean we see him fall apart at all kinds of different ages. But I don't know. I think there's a big. I think he's a pretty special one, and I get it. I, maybe I maybe as we were drafting, maybe if I really put a gun to my head and actually looked at him versus like looking down at some of these prospects out of this next year, and there's a lot more of them coming up. Maybe I would go with the prospect, especially. I probably would. That's. <laughs> really now that you ask me that and I look at it 
I'm probably taking a lot of these kids in the next tier below him. I think he would still be in my top 100, but he, I, I could see him being down in the 90s now that you say that, and I think about it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I just just wanted to throw out the thoughts on him. Any uh, Anybody else here you want to talk about? Uh, Mackenzie Gore is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be fun, and I think he could be a lot higher on this list a year from now. Yep, totally agree. All right, we'll move on to 81 through 90. We've got 81, Jose Abreu, 82, Jared Kellenick, 83, Tim Anderson, 84, Corey Seager, 85, Jonathan Villar, 86, C.J. Abrams, 87, Marco Luciano, 88, Andrew Vaughn, 89, Josh Hader, 90, Max Muncy. A few thoughts on Kellenick, who you have at 82. I would have him higher. Uh, I think that guy is just a unique combination of floor and ceiling with a prospect. I think he's just got every tool. I think he's going to hit. I think he's going to run. I'd have him close to Carlson, probably. I'd rather have him than Carlson, I think. I think I would trade Carlson for Kalenic, yeah. Just because I think he's more likely to run, have speed. But – yeah. Any uh, any other thoughts on any of these? I like where you have Abrams, Luciano, Vaughn. That's pretty close to where I'd have them. Maybe a smidge higher, but I think it's good. VR is another tough one to rank. Yeah, no he's kidding. So valuable. Yeah, for what he's doing right now, but <laughs> that one, the the wheel could just come off at any point, but. I, I traded for him this offseason, gave up a bunch of pieces, cause I ha- but I also had a bunch of pieces to give. Probably, I think I overpaid. I think I told you about that trade, and you said I overpaid. No, I think that was a different one. Never mind. But um, he's tough to rank here. Abrams and Luciano, we've had some fun conversations of those two versus each other, and I it, they're real close. Abreu is a guy who I absolutely love. Continue thinking he's underrated year after year. He is getting up there in years. so But he's one of those guys I feel like I could still trade and get a good return on. If I was not drafting to win now, I could still see myself taking him and turning around and flipping him during the season to somebody who's contending. Um, Seeger was one of my big drops as I was doing this. I originally had him higher, and I'm like, why? Man, I I think he was in the 60s for me at first, or maybe 70s, and I dropped him down. He was one I was, as I continued looking. I'm like, what? He continues not showing the ceiling. We're hoping he can, we're like, people were thinking he was a possible 30 home run guy, and I just don't think that's there anymore. And yeah, I think, I think he's maybe a little more name value than actual value at this point, and I just moved him down. Anderson. Is another one of those guys that yeah I was gonna ask, is, uh, I was gonna ask about Anderson and Seager because they were back to back so yeah Anderson's and the I'd much rather have Anderson in a redraft right now but Seager's I think a guy who will be around and be a better player five years from now kind of going with that Bryce Harper thing I think Seager's gonna have a role in the league for a while Anderson it could go quick but he's a fun skill set right now yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, Seager at 84, he does not believe me when I say this as a Corey Seager owner in a dynasty league, he does not have this trade value. 
There is yeah. no chance I could get these players <laughs> for him in a, in a dynasty league. I've tried because I have the team that I have Seager on. I have Glaber. My middle infield is Glaber, Bichette, Lux, and C. And then I have Seager and Horner, Nico Horner. And so I can obviously trade one of them. And I'm pretty much open to trading any of them besides I don't really want to trade Bo. But um, I would trade Glaber in the right trade. I'd trade Seager, Lux. I kind of been shopping those guys around, or at least I was. I haven't been lately, really. But nobody wants Corey Seager. It's pretty much like I'm just going to hold him now and hope he bounces back and then maybe, you know, but. Yeah, it just seems like so. Maybe I'm higher like, than people. Yeah, are. I think I think you are actually. But I do th- I do agree with you that in a dynasty league, you know, he kind of has a skill set that should uh, should last a little bit. I just wonder how special it is. I mean, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. As the years pass, it just seems like it's less and less special. Especially if he moves over to third. I mean, yeah. I just think it goes down even more. So maybe the fact that he doesn't run won't hurt him as bad at third because third basemen typically don't provide steals. But, um, yeah, just, just a few thoughts there, I guess. So, And shortstop's so deep right now. Man, I don't yeah. know if that's really that bad for him. But on the same note, yeah, maybe he's a hold for me if I had a stock, actually. Kind of, and you've held on to him through all this. And yeah. Yeah, just hope hope that you see better days, and I think you will. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to uh, – or do you have anything else on the, that group? No, no. I think we're good. Let's move on. All right, so we've got our final 10 here. 91, Royce Lewis. 92, Whit Merrifield. 93, Eddie Rosario. 94, Kyle Tucker. 95, Max Kepler. 96, Frankie Montas. 97, Justin's boy, Max Freed. 98, yeah. 98, Jeff McNeil, 99, Reese Hoskins, and 100, David Dahl. <laughs> give me, uh, give me some thoughts on anybody here who uh, you can talk about your boy Freed. Yeah, it's an odd group. A few steady guys in Witt and McNeil, uh, two prospects who have big upside with but with question marks with Royce and Tucker. Arms that I really like in Montas and Freed. I'm big fans of both of them. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a hodgepodge when you look at this. And then you got David Dahl, the guy who had all kinds of talent. Ms. Speed's starting to have question. I know we talked about that before the year. But if he could stay healthy, but that's a big if. Yeah. And then Reese Hoskins mixed in with him. <laughs> um. But yeah, just kind of a hodgepodge to finish up. I definitely wanted to work Freed and Montas in there as those are my two arms that I really like that I could see taking another step. Those are my two arms that I would I could see getting up to being maybe not aces, but getting up not too far from it. Yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to mention, I think you nailed the Kyle Tucker ranking at 94. Um, he is one of those guys that I feel like could go way up or way down from this number yep. and probably oh, yeah. probably will go way up or way down pretty quick. Uh, I think we're kind of entering the territory with him where it's put up or shut up. I mean, it's just 
I feel like if Kyle Tucker once when he gets his shot, if he doesn't do it, like if he kind of doesn't just take off, if he's slow and can't quite get his footing, his value is just gonna tank. I just feel like that it's it's gonna drop a lot. But at the same time, some of that upside has to be recognized. I mean, I think that this is kind of a good middle ground for his uh for his ranking because I think if he's too much higher it just it just doesn't really make much sense because he can drop so fast. But if he's low, then it could look foolish too. So I thought it was a good spot. I definitely would have Eddie Rosario outside my top 100. I feel like mm. that, that that's a skill set that is a bit of a ticking time bomb. I've got him in one league yep. and kind of scares me, but he's uh, he's solid right now, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Any other thoughts on these, these guys? No, not really. I mean, I think, again, Mont- uh, Montas – was going this one might surprise you montas was going to be my al prediction for al really young water nice yeah nice i was looking forward to talking about that and maybe we'll still do a prediction show and maybe i'll still have him in there but he was my pick nice and i was really i i, I thought i was going out there with my cy young Warriors yeah those him and kershaw that was a couple hot takes there i like it yep i was looking at the al scene and I'm like, I just don't know if I believe Garrett Cole's going to win it. And if Cole's not going to win it, there's a lot. I mean, that, it's wide open. It opens it up, yeah. Because uh, there are not many AL pitchers behind him. And Montas was really good last year whenever he, before the suspension. And I don't know. I, I Everything looked good whenever I dug into him to where, yeah, he's my he was my pick. All right. I got a few questions here for you. My first one is who was 101 or we'll call him the next handful. Just a few honorable mentions. You can just name off a few names. I had three that were written down in terms of that were on this list that were, that ended up just outside. And I think again, this is one of those where I'd probably move a couple of these guys ahead of doll and slide them in there um, ahead of doll. But Byron Buxton was just outside. Um, that's another one of those that just can't stay healthy. But I think I'd have Buxton over Dahl the more I think about it. Who would you rather have in a dynasty, Buxton or Dahl? Buxton. Yeah, I think I would too as I think about that right now. Both of them have injury things, but Buxton you know is going to run. Dahl's, Man, I think, I, a better hit tool. But I've always been a David, that's a fun one. I've always been a David Dahl guy, and this is the first year that I feel like I'm not. And if that guy stays mm-hmm. healthy and goes off, <laughs> oh man yeah it's just it's gonna tick you it's off. just not gonna be fun because i've been on that guy for so long but i'm just i'm just done i didn't realize it but all three of my guys here are speed guys garrett hampson's next and like we talked about last episode the fact that there's going to be a dh this year really yeah. helps that a guy like him to where he wasn't on my list until um this last couple weeks when i thought about it you know it's in a med yeah. rosario Oh, okay. Yeah, he's another one. He's actually one that I listed. I, I didn't realize he mm-hmm. was on your honorable mentions. For, But no, what I was just going to say is, uh, you know who else the DH could help with the Rockies is David Dahl. Yeah, if he could play, that's true. You know, if he could play DH. I mean, that Yeah, that would be, uh, you know, so, anything to keep him healthy. But He'd probably get hurt in the dugout. Yeah, no kidding. 
All right, I have to ask this one because I think the two most surprised things that I had when I went through all this was Correa at 25 and no Shohei Otani. So I got to set it up for you, but you got to explain this one. How come? Because uh, I don't – I think we've both kind of said – and I'm assuming that you did this for weekly. I don't think we mentioned that, but weekly that, weekly league, right? Yes, and I wish I had said that at the beginning yeah. because that that like I don't know who how many people I would trade Otani away for in a daily dynasty league because I I mean I just we've talked about it before and I don't want to keep going over it, but he is a nine category contributor in a daily dynasty league and in a weekly league i don't know if you want him for either like value and if he was to drop one and go for the other full time i think he could move up but i just don't think that's going to happen anytime soon to where like we've talked about before i think he's just frustrating to own because he's not providing you great hitting stats you're not going to be playing a you don't want to play a guy who's hitting three to four times a week as compared to five times a week and then the pitching, you're getting a guy going every six, seven days as compared to five or six to where I just – I think he'd be too frustrating to own. I don't want him in a week, in any sort of weekly league right now. I just think I would rather move him. And maybe you could get more for him, maybe. But I don't know. I just – I don't even know if his trade value is higher, maybe that much higher. So – that's my take on it. It's strictly a because it's a weekly league, and I think he'd be too frustrating, talent wise, and and I think he's great, and I would love to have him in a daily dynasty league. I took him in the second round, uh, top of the third round, sec, maybe late second in a startup dynasty a year ago, even knowing he was having Tommy John because I'm so excited about the idea of having him. I, it was worth the wait, but yeah, the weekly format is why. Yeah, see, I think that if Otani was just a hitter. Oh, he'd be fun. I think he's a top. Like, But what I'm saying is if you're just pl- if you just played him for his hitting, like if you just – if you owned him in a weekly and you just put him in your utility spot as a hitter and played him there the whole year, I think he's a top 100 player. Even though he's pitching and playing only yeah. 100 games, yeah, or at least, I don't. or at least very close. I, I definitely, yeah, I, I'd have to check and see. Um, don't know his uh, dollars earned offhand, but um, yeah, I do. I think he's a top hundred player. But well, I'll agree to disagree. Last year, he he had 425 at bats. And that's about what I think I'd project him for if he stayed healthy for a full season. Do under like this three eight, and he had eighteen home three eighty four. I've got three eighty four at that. Oh, sorry, four hundred twenty eight five plate appearances. That's what yeah, I'm looking at. Three eighty four. Either way, three eighty four bad bats. Actually, I was thinking I probably would go even a tad less than this. Four hundred twenty five plate appearances, eighteen home runs and twelve steals. Solid two eighty six batting average. But 50, 51 runs and sixty two RBI. I just think the counting yeah. stats with those would be what really drives him down. Yeah, yeah, he be could right be. He could still get the batting average, home runs, and steals could look nice, 
But those counting stats with the runs and RBI, I think would just that's what drags him down. Yeah, no, I I get that. I just I just wanted to at least talk about him for a little bit. Which uh, which player would you say on your top one hundred that you moved the most? Like who did you just continuously move up and down, and who was the hardest to rank? We'll kind of put those together. Well, I think we've talked about most of the hardest ones. Jose Ramirez, Verlander, and Mad Max. All three of those guys were tough. Um, Biggest movers, Corey Seager. I dropped him down as I went through. Dylan Carlson moved the other way up. And I don't know if this one was really fair, but Noah Syndergaard was um, somebody I'm Uh, that was moved off the list after Tommy John. What's interesting is when I started this in March, um, I, even before the, um, even before whenever he was just having the injury concerns and we didn't know sale was already off my list completely. And I, I should say sale was off my list when there were rumblings about his elbow early on. I think before he was even shut down, I'm like, you know what? I'm scared of this guy. I would not want to take the chance. So he was off pretty early, but Syndergaard was still on there. But that one may not count. Gotcha. I've got a few names here that um, I would have possibly had in my top 100 or at least considered, but I'll figure I'll just go through them real quick if you don't mind. So Otani was obviously one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was saying that to no matter who you said there. (laughs) Chris Paddock was one. I would have had him in there with some of those pitchers. I know that you're not a big fan because of the two pitches and stuff, but I just think that, I don't know, with some of these guys. Uh, Ramon Laureano, Ahmed Mm -hmm. Ahmed Rosario, I know you mentioned him. Uh, Soroka, which I don't know if he would actually make my top 100. It'd probably be close because not a real big pitcher guy, but I just think he's going to last a long time and just be solid. Maybe not uh, super special, but I just think he's going to be a pretty good pitcher for a long time. And then uh, Christian Robinson, Adley Rutschman, and Fran Mil Reyes. And I actually was thinking about it. You have Wilson Contreras at 77. I'm pretty sure I would take Adley Rutschman over Wilson Contreras in a dynasty league. Wow. Pretty sure. That's interesting. Yeah, but I think that that one is close enough to debate it. But, yeah, I I think I would. I think I would. Man, I think I'm taking – I mean, obviously I'm saying it. Yeah, I think I'm taking Contreras without hesitating. But I think I like Contreras more than you do whenever it comes down to it. Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah, just funny because I'm the Cubs fan. But a couple of those guys (laughs) – so I'm a closet card Cubs fan, and you're a closet Cardinals yeah, fan. That's sure, what we're learning sure, from this podcast. Sure seems like it. <laughs> I Soroka would be just outside. Um, like, he wouldn't be too far down. Paddock, all same thing. They, I wouldn't go too much further down with those two for sure. And I think there was one more you said. I'm like, yeah, he would just be on the just miss, too. Right. I can't remember. Loriano or Robinson or – Yeah, Loriano. Loriano. Yeah, Robinson wouldn't be too far away, but I think he'd probably be 20, 30 slots. I think I'd probably have him in the 120, 130s. What about Fran Mill? Yeah. I like like let me uh, like let me just throw this at just and I know this is kind of just off the cuff, but like you've got Schwarber at 80. I knew you were about to say him. And Fran Mill off the list. And Fran Mill's 24. 
Schwarber is – I don't know exactly, but you can talk. I'm pulling it up. Oh, 27. So a yeah, little bit of a difference I, there. I think that they're similar. I think they're similar type guys, honestly. Schwarber walks a little bit more, but. And I think that's it. That's why I like Schwarber more is I feel a little more confident in his ability to get on base. I think Fran Mill's a big bodied guy who I think is not, I think he's going to be a platoon guy not too far from now. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a big guy. He, he's comical to watch field. And oh, yeah. It's a good thing he's going to be a DH now because I've never laughed as much as I've laughed when I see him fielding. Like, when I see him running in the outfield, even if I'm not paying attention, as soon as I see somebody running in the outfield, I know that's Fran Mel Reyes. Yeah. <laughs> I well, yeah, with I, many guys. I think that all those things, too. I just think he can easily hit 40 home runs. I agree and I that. feel like I, that there's a world where he's like the next Nelson Cruz. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen for sure, but obviously there's – It'd be nice if he could uptick the walks a little bit. I mean, that's but man, that guy just mashes like, and he's like I said, yes, he does, and he's twenty four. So I just thought he should be. I just, I think he's going to be a guy who struggles to hit a three hundred on base percentage year after year. I don't think he's going to be that much higher than that. Yeah, and that could that could hurt his playing time if he is doing that. If that's the case, it it definitely could. So, all right, well, uh, we'll take a. Another quick break and get back here for the for the close. All right, well, Andrew, you did it. You hosted again. How was it? <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's nice to switch it up from time to time. I still think I prefer the other role, but hey. Got to do what you got to do. And I prefer the other role, too. I'd rather be the host because I feel like I I say this a lot. You of the two of us are the true expert of this league or of this podcast. (laughs) You know, I know know how much I love that word. You love that word. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, I think you know more than me. You're a you're a much better fan. You are you. You just know more. And it's harder for me to take that role of feeling like I'm the one answering questions. Cause I feel like I, I more want to ask you than, than you ask. Me. I, uh, so it's easier I definitely thought you did a good job. I mean, like anybody who disagrees with the list and obviously, you know, I, and everybody does. Yeah. Obviously I disagree, but it's like actually put pen to paper and rank mm-hmm. players. It is hard to do. I mean, and like I said, I did it with, with my prospects and even doing it with guys like this, I almost feel like it might be just as hard with these guys because you're really, really splitting hairs. I mean, even there can be stretches of 10 to 15 guys where it's almost like, or even more than that, where you could be like, Oh man, I could maybe take that guy. I have at 58 ahead of the guy that I have at 37. And then you're, second guessing the whole thing so it's um it's definitely a tough exercise to do but a fun one and that's kind of why i know we wanted to do it but yeah i thought you did a really good job and you can have different strategies like you could have two people that know their stuff that have completely different ranks because just how they play the game yeah totally. like our good buddy tim mcleod 
who we both love and respect his how he plays, but he plays more for the short term, and I guarantee you he would have different ranks than this, and that doesn't make him wrong. It's just different ways of playing the game. Yep. And, yeah, it's just a personal preference. I think doing prospects, if you know your prospects well enough, I would think that would be easier to do because of the fact that you're just more talking about future value. I mean, you know, you do have to talk about guys who are in AAA who look like they're right on the cusp as compared to guys who may be five years away. So there is some of that too. But I would think, like, I don't know prospects as well as you do, so I think that would be tougher for me. But if I think if I was in your shoes, I would think the dynasty would be tougher. But I don't know. You may have a different yeah, feel on that. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're. I think they're both tough. I just think when you rank anybody, I mean, even when you, it's tough. Yeah, even if you're just sitting at home doing rankings for like a redraft league, you know, like say you're like, okay, I'm going to rank second baseman, and you're just ranking them. It's it's tough. I mean, you can constantly tinker with it. So I know that's probably what you did a lot of, and I don't really blame you. I mean, it's it's not it's not easy to do. No, not at all. But it's done, and we're going to circle back next week, and we're going to do the same thing except on prospects because Andrew did the made a top 100 prospects list that he's been working on all offseason. I am looking forward to diving into this and talking about it because, Andrew, you've got a mind for this stuff, and you follow these kids about as well as anybody I know, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. You've sent me the list. I really haven't got dove in it. I, I've looked at it once, but I'm looking forward to really coming up with some questions for you and picking your brain on some of these guys because you know your stuff. Yeah, I tell you, when I when I sent you the list, I had to like close the laptop and not <laughs> and not look at it because. And I actually, I don't think I've really looked at it since I sent it to you. Be, you shouldn't. Yeah, because. I just knew I'm like, I, the last thing I want to do is look at that because every time I look at it, I think, you know, like we said, it's just tinkering, moving guys around. So, uh, yeah, it'll be. Look how many guys I've told you just today. I'm like, yeah, I probably should have him 15 slots lower. Yeah, I'll, be able, slots to, I'll be able to probably come up with a couple that I would move, you know, just because there's always that going on. But, um, yeah, I felt pretty good about it when I sent it. So it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. It will. And we'll get back to that next week. The last thing I want to mention, that Halliday documentary that we talked about last episode, that's coming up on in a couple of days, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's uh, uh, 29th. It's the 29th. Is that Friday? Yeah, Friday. Next Friday. Yep. So be sure to set your DVRs if you've got DVR service and go check out the trailer for that. It will give you chills. Yep. Good stuff. Looking forward to it. But until then, I guess we'll come back next week. Any final words, Andrew? Nope, that'll do it. Have a good uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yeah, you too, man. It's supposed to be rainy where I'm at. I'm gonna, I've never tried cooking ribs before myself, and I've got a full slab of ribs, and Monday is the day I'm going to try to cook them. Nice. Our good buddies, we've been talking about this in a group chat with a couple of our buddies, and I'm ready to give it a whirl. Nice. So, yeah, you do the same, and until then, take care, everybody. Yep, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. 
If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. We'll be right back.